Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, this has been um, a difficult year. Yes, I am not just talking about the COVID. One year ago, on the 24th of July, I entered the hospital with my wife. Well, she had already been there for three days with COVID. Uh, I apparently brought it home from the mission to her. Uh, and uh, then I was hospitalized as well. I spent the next 10 days in the hospital, and on August 2nd, I was released to go home 30 pounds lighter. Could hardly walk, it seemed like. They had to send an oxygen machine with me. And now you have to understand that for my whole life, I have exercised vigorously. I've lifted weights and done aerobics, and she was an aerobics instructor uh, for many years. And so I was surprised by how, how bad I really got. Um, so at any rate, I gained back the 30 pounds and all those kind of things. However, my wife passed away, as many of you know. And we're coming up on that anniversary date. And one of my dear friends here at the, at the radio show suggested maybe I talk about that a little bit. So I'm not trying to depress everybody. I'm not trying to uh, make you feel bad for me because it is what it is. I had 47 years of marriage to one woman, and, uh, and I'm grateful for all those 47 years. Um, but it's been a difficult year. The mission, uh, at the mission, we're trying desperately to tear the back part of the mission apart and rebuild it so that we can open the mission uh, by November. Well, the mission is open. We're feeding again. We have our church services going on. and uh, But back in the back, we're still unable to have the people from the street come up and, and stay with a bed overnight. And we're trying desperately to get that accomplished by uh, October or November so that we can get them before the cold hits, we can get them back up in a warm room up there. Now, I know a lot of people out there are, are really fed up with homelessness and all those kind of things, but the answer to the homelessness, we have 24 beds on our drug and alcohol rehabilitation program. It's more than just drugs and alcohol. And I know you guys have heard me talk about it many times, but there are, are beds that are available up there for guys that want to live with us for nine months at least. In some cases, another three months while we're trying to get them back on their feet to a job, back to their families. We have one man that has uh, got shoulder surgery, which, by the way, isn't easy to say for me for some reason. But he has gotten that fixed. He's in recovery for that shoulder and so he'll be leaving the mission in January. But until then, we've, we, you know, we're giving him a place to stay so that you know, he needs to recuperate a little bit. And he's been with us quite a while. He's interned for quite a while. So uh, 
we're wishing and praying for him. So as I said, this last year has been very difficult, and, and this week is particularly difficult for me. Uh, it's difficult for me because uh, the memories of a year ago are a day-by-day thing. I can remember the hospital, the all the things, and I can't talk too much about that because nobody wants to hear an emotional, weepy guy on the radio. That I I did when she first passed away. So the mission is also, there has been wonderful things that happened at the mission with with the uh, new construction that's going on, with the new revitalization, not just of the building, but of the hearts of the people. We have our women's clothes closet opened up once again. And please, right now, though, if you're going to come and donate clothes, please don't bring women's clothes right now. We have such a backlog of clothes, at least women's clothes. If you have men's clothes to donate, We always need that. Even when everything was normal, we would get 90% women's clothes and only 10% uh, from guys. And that's because you guys are probably like me and you've got pants from, I don't know, two decades ago. Shirts that, you know, are are really old that, yeah, you know, I'm going to use this to work around the house because... You know, you don't want to throw a good shirt away just because it's got a hole in it. Well, in the old days when Olga was still with me, uh, she would throw those away and I didn't know about it. Or she would donate them. So now, uh, wanting to honor her, I'm going to go through my closet and I'm going to take all the clothes that either don't fit or are out of date or just I got too many of, and I'm going to take them to the mission. I'm not going to take them anything that's ragged or torn or anything like that. I want to give them decent clothes, but most of my clothes are in pretty good shape. So any guys out there, I would appreciate it if you would donate clothes to us because we need clothes, we need shoes, we need all those kind of things. And once we start to where we're getting enough women back into the closet— I'll let all of you know when we can use some women's clothes. and But I do thank you. I thank you all that you have over the years supplied clothing. You've supplied shoes. You ladies have given us purses, which you may not realize this, but for ladies that are either very low income or out on the street, a purse can mean a big deal. You know, guys, you don't really get it, but for a woman— To have a purse is just a very big deal. And to have a very nice purse, that's even better. And over the years, we've had very nice clothing donated. We've had a lot of stuff that's come into the women's clothes closet that has been brand new. A woman buys it. Maybe she feels like, oh, you know, I didn't really like that that much. or, Or I put it in the back of the closet. But they're not afraid to bring you a brand new uh, dress or whatever the case is. So we're pretty grateful for the supplies we have built up for the women's clothes closet. Back to the construction. The construction, uh, and just so you guys know, I've talked about it before on the show, but I wanted you guys to know that as they got into the walls, they found more and more things that were not right. And listen, I was an air conditioning contractor uh, for many years in my youth, well, it was young to me, but at any rate, so there, the, we've got a great 
contractor. His name is Michael from Frazier. And he is, he's out there. He's, you know, he's just really, he, he told me one day, he said, man, I was up all night trying to figure out how I can do this the best way. And so we're, we're doing everything right as far as the building goes. Everything's safe, nothing covered up, nothing with, with makeup on it so that it lasts five or, or seven or eight or ten years and then you got a problem. Obviously, I'm probably not going to be there in ten years. Maybe, who knows, but probably not going to be there in ten years. But I want this construction and I want that mission to last not five years, 10 or 20, but until the Lord returns, I want that mission to be doing what it's supposed to do. We just got some t-shirts in and they've got our logo on the front and on the back it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And the reason for that is we're not ashamed of the gospel. When it becomes out of vogue as it already has, and when it becomes dangerous to have that shirt on, I still want to be wearing that shirt. I still want to declare my allegiance to Jesus Christ. And everybody I know at the mission is in the same place that I am. You know, I, I know it's hard for people to believe that a charitable organization isn't just out there for the money. This charitable organization is out there for the cause of Christ. I want us to stay focused on what our mission is, and that's to declare that there is freedom. If you're out there today and you're addicted to something, you can come and you can sign up with us. And You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to ascribe to what we believe, but you're going to hear about it every day. And the power of the Holy Spirit usually changes hearts and turns them around. Having said all that, it takes, of course, money to run any kind of a, a business or a mission or whatever you're doing. And you guys out there, this is not a beg for money. This is a thank you that you have always supplied it. In the worst of our times, uh, when I was at home, I was concerned about the mission and, and God was gracious to me. I thought, man, I'm not getting, they all called and they all text and they all sent me letters and so did some of you in your churches and stuff. And I thank you so much for that. I didn't get back to all of you, but I was so overwhelmed at the time with grief and with sickness and, and loneliness because, you know, the one thing this pandemic has pointed out to crystal clarity to me is how much we are made to have human interaction, how much we've, we miss when we are unable to touch each other, whether it's a handshake, whether it's a hug, whether it's uh, somebody just putting their arms around you and telling, I love you, brother, or I love you, sister. We have, we have lost so much by losing the ability to touch each other, to be afraid of each other because we might get the, the virus. And so that's not how we were designed. We were designed to care, and we were designed to touch each other. I think I've told you before, but when I came to the Union Gospel Mission, before I was director, when I was bringing the church down, 
it was like 26 years ago or 27 years ago, and I had never been around homeless people, and so I knew that often they were not washed and and those type of things, and I had a stereotypical view of what they were like. So I had made in my heart the determination that to show the love of Christ, if they wanted to shake my hand, I would certainly not repel, you know, I would make sure I touched that hand no matter how dirty it was. And as I told you, I believe once before, uh, I went down there the first night. We delivered a message. I don't know if it was me or somebody else that night. And a couple came down, and they were on the street. They were dirty. They were, you know, they were wanting to know Jesus Christ and wanting my prayers. And so I prayed with them, and they had said they were believers, but they had been walking away or whatever the case is. Don't forget, this is over 25 years ago. I don't remember exactly. But at the end of it, they were crying. And I'm not ashamed to tell you, at the end of it, there were tears rolling down my cheek as well. You can't you can't see the misery of somebody else. Be that close to them. Pray with them and not be affected in, unless you just don't care. And I, I did care. At that point, they both threw their arms around me. And I don't remember them smelling too great. But I remember thinking, looking up and thinking to God, funny. Because <laughs> he knew that my apprehension about you know, I'd been a contractor in air conditioning. I was often dirty, but not the same as human dirt that comes off of people who have been sweating and and laying on the street and scraping by. And so uh, they threw their arms around me, and it seemed like every time for the next year I would pray with somebody, they would do that. It came to pass at one time while praying with a guy in, through no fault of his own, he coughed in my face, and a week later I had bacterial pneumonia. But I, I'm saying all of that to say that all those things were outweighed by the fact that we could touch each other and they knew that I cared about them. And you know what? I knew at that moment that they cared about me as well. And even though I was the preacher and even though I was the guy delivering the message at any given time, even though I was the guy with the big black Bible and I was driving home in a decent car to a house and to a family, they cared about me. I remember some of them coming up and saying that they pray for me, and, and that is amazing. So back to what I was saying, the we're trying to revitalize the mission, but we're also trying to stay on point. You know, they came out with the mask mandate. We have to be masked up again, and and that's fine. I don't, I don't care. I don't know whether it works or it doesn't work, but that's not the point. That's a little thing. That's not a hill to die on. What is a hill to die in is not giving the gospel to people, not preaching to people, not seeing them face to face not being able to come and pray with them. I don't know how many of you have ever gone to a convalescent hospital, but my wife and I used to go once a month to a convalescent hospital, and we would do a church service. We would sing from the hymnals, just she and I, and 
we would, I would deliver a message and we would pray with anybody that needed to. And it didn't always smell good in there. It was not what it should be. And so many of the people were absolutely uh, unable to move or to do anything. But I was just telling somebody the other day, I remember finishing the church service and having a woman who looked like she couldn't move at all put her hand up to be touched. You know, just, just you know, the hand in the air. And uh, it broke my heart. It broke my wife's heart as well. But the reality is there we are. We're back to what the mission needs to do. The mission needs to do what Jesus said. You know, what did Jesus say? You know, if you speak with the tongue of men and angels, but hath not love, you are nothing. So our people at the mission need to love these people. Sometimes they're irritating. Sometimes they're, they're you know, you, you're not happy with them. But overall, you need to look at them as the lost children that you were too. You know, don't forget that there was a time before you came to Christ, you were his enemy. You may not think so, but that's what the Bible says. But he also says that before, while you were still his enemies, he came and he lived and he, he died a horrible death on the cross to set you free for those who will believe, who will come and repent of their sins, fall before the feet of Christ and then he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It's in the, the, the night watch when I'm by myself that the love and the care and the comfort of Jesus Christ is the most poignant, I guess. Uh, it is difficult for me who have been, I've been married all these years to walk through this lifetime and, and always be the third or the fifth wheel. <laughs> But I'm never truly alone when I have Christ. And, and I guess the reason I want to tell you this is because some of you are going through things and maybe even things much worse than me. And if you're in Christ, you're not alone either. And if you have family that's listening to this, the greatest thing that you can do for a hurting loved one is touch them, is come and pray with them, love them, care for them, you know, a friend of mine said that her uh, father, uh, that he, she goes and sees him. He's not in an assistant living or anything. He's in a senior type place. So, I mean, he still drives. He still functions. He's not, he's not in any kind of a convalescent hospital. But he lost his wife a couple of years ago. And so he's by himself. And his daughter comes over and she loves him very much. And she, she, puts her arms around him and hugs him, just kind of scratches his back a little bit, you know, and he just lights up. And he lights up because, one, of course, he loves his daughter, and two, there you go again. It's that interaction of people with people, the hugging, the shaking of the hand, you know. Um, it's so pivotal. And so I, I was brokenhearted for all the people that had people in the hospital and they couldn't go see them. I was fortunate that for four days, Olga was with me in the bed next to me. We didn't communicate a lot because we were both pretty sick. But, um, 
but still I was there with her and she was with me. And uh, so, and I was, even though I had COVID, they made a special dispensation for me to come into the hospital uh, when it was time for her to go. And so uh, <clears throat> I feel horrible, however, for all of you that had to suffer and you don't have, you, you couldn't go in and see your loved one. You couldn't. You couldn't see them, touch them, talk to them. Maybe you did it by a video Zoom, and that's great. But video Zooms and phones and conversations done on the Internet are not the same as being there in person. So the mission is, is, is trying to do the very best it can to be the arms and legs and voice and ears of Jesus Christ. You don't have to like me and you don't have to like the mission and you don't have to believe that we're right. But I just want all of you to know that if nothing else, myself and the people that work at the mission love Jesus Christ, that, that they are there, sure, they all get paid. But then again, everybody needs to live, everybody needs to buy food, but the primary thing that they're there for is not just to get paid, it's so that they can show the love of Jesus Christ that was first shown to us. I am grateful that I'm here today on the radio show, surrounded by my friends. You know, I got Steve over there and Ann and and uh, Mark and, and Matt and just a plethora of people here at the radio station that have always been very kind to me and uh, were supportive during that time. I am getting older, I guess. Well, I, I am getting older. There's no guessing about it. But um, somebody asked me about retirement, and I said, well, I don't know. The Lord will show me when that time is right. But the reality is I don't have any desire to retire. I don't have any desire to go anywhere. Uh, you know, this is who I am and what I do. But I, I can truthfully tell you that over the years, I not only love the mission and love what we do and what we stand for, I have been absolutely blown away, they used to say, by all the care and concern from the donors. Many of you who've donated to the mission also sent me cards during that horrible time. And your love and prayers and support, I believe, was felt. You know, your spirit to the spirit of God to my spirit. And so people can criticize us and they can believe that we're wrong but here's what I can tell you for a fact is that, like they say on the street, we're the real deal. I care about these people. And I know that the staff cares about them too. And we're going to keep on doing the best we can, giving them the best we can until the time that we're either shut down because our message is not palatable anymore or until the Lord returns or by his sovereign grace, uh, he just tells us it's time to move on. 
And that's my life too, until the sovereign Lord of glory tells me I'm going to be there. So until we meet again, as always, my dearest friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com, ugmsac.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.